Hello and welcome to the podcast of Revival Fires. We're so pleased that you've chosen to tune in and listen to this message. And our prayer for you is that it will bless you, it'll lead you to an encounter with Jesus Christ, and it'll set you up for revival. We'd love for you to get involved and join us on this journey of revival. Visit our website, revivalfires.org.uk, and find us on all social media platforms. We can't wait to connect with you. God has promised us amazing things. You've only got to read the book of Revelation to find that there are great and awesome promises that He has for mankind, where His glory is going to come amongst us. And so here, the entrance into something is also has a somewhere, and that is a place. See, God promised Israel a land. When He took them out of Egypt, He promised them a land. There was going to be a place where they would no longer be in a place of bondage, no longer being controlled by taskmasters, being ruled by the problems of their lives. So there was a land. He was going to bring them into a spacious place. There was something that he was going to bring them into and promise them and provide for them. And that was going to be a place of freedom. You see, it's not dealing with your problem. It's coming into freedom. That's when you know that you are in a new place. And you've entered into a place of promise. And there is the someone and that is the presence of God who will always be with us. And as we look at that, God told them that he was going to dwell amongst them. And really what I want to wrap this up with this morning is looking at the Ark of the Covenant. There is something in the box. What has God put in your box? What has God put in your life? You see, God had an ark of a covenant that he had made. And we'll come and look at this in a moment. This is just so that you get the picture. And there was this ark. It was nearly two, uh, about two meters long and about a meter wide. That's just roughly. And on the top of it, there was this covering and it was all uh, overlaid with gold. And on it there were two angels called cherubim and they reached out and they touched one another's tips of their wings. And that was called the mercy seat. And then inside there were certain things that had been put in there. See, God will always put something in there. What I want you to know is not just look at something in the Old Testament. I believe our lives are like the ark of God's covenant. There is something that God wants to do with us. You see, the Ark of the Covenant was the place where the presence of God dwells. You see, your life, it says your life, your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. You see, and so here, your life is like that Ark of the Covenant. What have you got in your box? What have you got in the box of your life? What has God put in you? See, this morning, to bring you to a new place of realisation, to bring you to a place where you realise that He has got something important for you and for me 
to fulfill. And when we're fulfilling those things, his glory is upon us. I once read a book by um, a a great um, author by um, Monroe, Monroe, Miles Monroe, thank you. See, I need all the help. And it was all about the glory of God. And he said, God has put glory in everything. And he says, an orange only has a function if it's releasing juice. That's its glory. And so he went on and he talked about lots of other. And then there's our lives. It only has purpose when we are releasing God's glory. What's his glory? His goodness. When we are releasing his goodness into other people's lives. Let me tell you this. Your life would be radically different in the way you relate it to other people. If you just took hold of this simple truth and allow the Jesus in you to speak to the Jesus that's in you. The Jesus in me speaking to the Jesus in you. Not all the things that I think you need to sort out. Not all the problems, but the Jesus in me wants to speak to the Jesus in you. Let me tell you, if you were to do that in your relationships, your people at work, and you say, but Trevor, they don't know Jesus. Well, treat them as if the Jesus in you was living in them. Then it would make a big difference. See, the reason we don't is because we want to pick out their faults. And let me tell you, when you do that or you have your irritations with people, you know, and listen, I haven't got any irritations with anyone, have I, Sharon? People have got a lot of irritations with me. Not really. But you see, the thing is this. If we allow the petty irritations of others, it stops the Jesus in me reaching out to the Jesus in you. So simple. See, God wants to release something from us. In that situation that you're going to face this week, you pray that simple prayer. Lord, allow the Jesus in me to reach out to the Jesus in them. Because I know if I do, I will treat them a lot different. See, and you can't get away from that. See, there's some simple things, some basic things that if we put in our lives, our lives would be radically different. It would remove all gossip because I don't think there's anyone here who's ever gossiped about Jesus. Never told tales. Never told somebody else about something that he did without it being good. And yet so often we move from that, don't we? And we come back into living our lives on a worldly level, not a spiritual level. And so here, as we look at these three things, that's in this box. See, the first thing was that there was manna. Now, I've jumped over myself. See, I believe the, the Lord's Prayer echoes the whole of the book of Exodus, the Lord's Prayer. And if you go through and read Matthew chapter 6, and it talks there about the Lord's Prayer. And 
there's a, an affirmation as to who God is. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's affirmation. That's just affirming our faith in a loving heavenly Father who has a kingdom and a rule and he wants his will to come into our lives. And then it says, give us today our daily bread. See, what is that? God's provision. We're going to see that from Exodus. See, the first part was about his presence. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. See, that's the law. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That is the rod. Now let me read you something from Hebrews. Just take hold of this. And it says here in Hebrews, it says, behind the second curtain was a room called the most holy place. Let me tell you, your life is a most holy place. Which had the golden altar of incense and the gold-covered ark of the covenant or testimony. This gold-covered ark of the testimony this ark contained a gold jar of manna. Give us today our daily bread. And also, it contained the staff that budded. See, because we need to be led in life. See, so there's God who's going to lead us. And then it says... And there was the stone tablets of the covenant. See, which we need to know his forgiveness for. See, that's why the mercy seat is there. Because God no longer looks at us as to whether the rights and wrongs of what we've done. But he looks at, at us from a place of mercy. And that is mercy covers all of our sin. And so as we look at this this morning, what's in your box See, over the last few weeks, me and Sharon have been talking about this, and we've been looking at, I mentioned some time ago, about the one thing. What's the one thing? What's the one thing that God has put into your box? And I thought, well, Lord, what about if I had the one thing in my box? If God took me into heaven's courts and says, okay, Trevor, get your box. Here you are. Now, you can put anything that you want into that box, but you can only put one thing. What would you put in it? Huh? What would you put in? Knowing that there's everything, healing, there's limbs, there's people who have, you could do creative miracles, all those things. I thought, Lord, it would be great if I could have a, an anointing so that I could communicate something of the richness of your grace. And I settled on that until God says, yes, but Trevor, if I were to give you that, I think you would be elevated in that place. And I thought, oh, yeah, I think I would. You know, people just saying, what a great message. That was great revelation. And so you take the glory to yourself. You see? Then I thought, well, okay, Lord, anointing. 
you know. And um, what about I had anointing to heal? And, uh, and he said, do you, think, do you think that you would be able to handle everyone coming to you? And I thought, oh, you know, morning till night. And, and so I just put that on the side as well. See, what is it that you want in your life? And so there came a time I was talking. I said to Sharon, what do you want in, in your box, Sharon? And we taught. I said to her, I talked about communicate. I talked about healing anointing. And, uh, and then I came to the table um, one morning. I said, you know, I found what's in my box. And... Um, and, and she said, you know, Trevor, she said, I've, I've also felt the Lord's put something in my box. And what he put in my box was, I'm not going to tell you. <laughs> because if I did, you might think, well, that's what you want in your box. And so each and every one of us needs to have something. See, what is the one thing? See, Paul said that there was one thing. David said in the Psalms, one thing I do. Oh, sorry, Paul said, one thing I do. Forgetting all that's in the past, I press on to what's ahead, to which Christ has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. So in his box, he had that to which was going to spur him on into what God had called him into that heavenly realm. See, what does he put in your box? Because, you see, here there were these three things. See, we all need, we all need these three things when we're journeying. See, these three things are all part of the journey. These three things were in the box, in the Ark of the Covenant, only as long as till they got to the Promised Land. It says in 2 Chronicles chapter 5, verse 10, it says, And there was nothing else in the Ark of the Covenant except the tablets of the Testimony. Why was that? And I, I, I asked the Lord, Lord, why was that? Why was it that the manna had gone, the rod had gone? It was only the testimony that was there in the temple of Solomon. And he said this, you only need the manna when you're on a journey. You only need the rod when you're going through the wilderness. You don't need the rod when you're in the promised land. You don't need the rod, you don't need the manna when you're in the center of what I've called you into. When you're in the place of promise, you don't need those things. But you do need the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus. You see, because that, he is the living bread. He is the bread that came from heaven. He is the living bread. So that's why we don't need it. And do you know something? As I was reading this and researching it this week, do you know that part? Because they took some of the manna. Do you know what manna means? What is it? Yeah, that's what they called it. 
They went out each morning. God said he was going to rain down manna from heaven. And when the dew settled, there was this white substance over the land. And God told them to go out each morning and to pick up enough for each person in their family and for and themselves as much as they wanted, but they had to eat it that day. If they left it for another day, it would be eaten with maggots. Not nice, is it? Oh, going out and there's a, a, a bag of maggots. And, and so every day there was new manna. But the manna that was in the ark was the only manna that went all the way through the wilderness. Why? Because Jesus was showing that when you come to the place of the ark, he is always present and his provision is always there. See, but it was the only thing. But when you come to, when you come to the temple, there's no manna. Because Jesus was always meant to be the bread of life. And you don't just have to go out in the morning. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is always present, never absent. You see, we get into even some of these religious exercises and rituals. You see, and it's okay to start there. It's okay to start to have your quiet time every morning. So you go out, you take your portion of God's provision for you. But let me tell you, that's because we're still journeying. See, God wants to manifest himself in us. And as he manifests himself in us, is what we do is we have testimony of what he's doing in us. And so there's the, the manna. The manna, what is it? And it's not, no, they didn't know what it was. It was a mystery. Haven't you read the scriptures and God has opened things up to you? And it's just like, God, I never saw this before. That's the mystery of the manna. It talks about the church in Pergamon in um, chapter 2 of the book of Revelation. And it says, I will give you some of the hidden manna. See, so there's manna for us. But you see, the hidden manna is Jesus. He is the fullness of all of what God has for us in providing for us. And so here, it was to be kept in a jar. It was kept in a jar for 40 years. But when they came into the promised land, there was no jar in the ark. Why? As Jesus said, he came and he tabernacled amongst us. And we beheld his Glory, glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Listen, this morning, if you receive Jesus Christ into your life, let me tell you, there is something that comes upon your life. There is a glory that comes upon and into your life where it's now grace and truth. It is not legalism. It is not ritual. It is not a life of discipline, of this and that. See, that's the journey through. But when you come, you can pick up. There are some people, and it's just like read your Bible every day, find a time, a place to pray, and that's it. But you see, they forget that that's only as we're coming through. That's one of the, a discipline. But when you've come through and you realize that he is the true bread that comes from heaven, 
and he dwells in us. You don't have to run here, there, and everywhere. And listen, just so that you know, I read my Bible, Murray, my Bible, Robert Murray McShay's Bible reading plan every day. What does that say? I'm still on a journey. But I also am learning to know the inner voice of God, the bread of life that's dwelling in me. Jesus said, he who eats of this bread will never hunger again. See? And so it's not about a provision when you're hungry. It's about a provision that is just there whenever you're wanting to experience something of the goodness of God. Amen? And so there was manna because God wants to provide for us. And then there was the rod. See, the rod speaks of leadership. The rod speaks of being led. And so we need, we need that rod. When we're coming into that expression of knowing Christ in our early days of receiving Jesus Christ, lead me not into temptation. And so there is the rod. What was this rod about? Well, there was this rod because they were all questioning that this person could lead and they were as good as those and they were as good as those and anybody could lead. And God says, okay, I want to call all of the leaders together. And what I want to do as you come together, I want them all to get a stick. Now notice it was a stick. It wasn't a shoot. It wasn't a cutting to be grafted in. It was a dry old stick. And he says, take a stick, one from every tribe, and I want you to put a name upon it. Is your name upon it? See, put a name upon it. And then what I want you to do when you put that name upon it, let me just get my note here. Choose, name it, choose it, and then put a name upon it, and then put it into the ark. And the one that buds, blossoms, and produces fruit is the one that I have chosen. See, God wants you. He has called you. Why? Because he wants you. He wants you in order to reproduce. What does this stick represent? Death. What does the stick represent? A life without the spirit. But you see, God will put his power within us. And the spirit of life, that resurrection power will bring even the dead parts of our lives, the unfruitful places in our lives. It will cause them to bud Blossom and bear fruit miraculously in one 24-hour period. Hallelujah. And so here, this rod, see a dead stick, it budded. That is, there was resurrection life, it blossomed. The blossom of the almond tree is the awakening tree. That's what they called it. There was this awakening. God wants to awaken you to something new. God wants to awaken you so that he can lead you whatever it is that you're going through. Whatever it is that he's journeying you through, there is a rod. His rod and his staff, they comfort me. 
There is the Psalm 23. Read it again. That rod goes through. The rod was where he made the sheep pass underneath it. Why? Because he wanted all his sheep to come in knowing that they were healed and knowing that they were whole. See, the rod is there for us. It isn't to hit us over the back or whack us when we do something wrong. It is there to lead us through those valleys that we go through. And death is only the cessation of life. And there are things in our lives that ceases, relationships cease, and we need the rod of God to help us through. There is sickness that comes in. Sickness is the cessation of health and we need His rod to bring us through. Poverty, we need His rod to bring us through. See, you can go through all aspects of our lives and we need a rod. You see, Israel, they were all trying to say everyone was as good as everyone else. And God says, no, it's the one that I've chosen. Now, before you think, is he trying to angle this in church leadership? Well, there is that. But let me tell you, more important than church leadership is to be led by the Lord Jesus Christ. It's to be led by the Spirit. In Romans chapter 8, it says there, those who are sons and daughters are led by the Spirit. Lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. You need the rod of God's authority to do that. Let me tell you this. Holy Spirit has never led anyone into sin. That's a shock to some people. You can never say, well, the Holy Spirit led me into this. Some people try and angle it. But you see, he will always lead us into quiet waters. He will always lead us into green pastures. Do you know why? For the purpose of restoring our souls. That's why he does it. It's for the purpose he will lead you to restore. Are there things that will become uncomfortable? Sure there will. Do you know the most uncomfortable thing will be your will? That becomes the most uncomfortable place to be. When God is touching your will, I want to do this, and God says yes, but that's not what I've got for you. Now there's a choice. See, what are you doing today? What are the choices that are there for you today? It's important you need the rod to lead you, not to discipline you, to lead you. If you open your heart this morning and allow God to lead you he will take you through whatever it is that you're going through whatever the broken situation that you're in he will lead you through it let me tell you whatever whatever the difficulty that you're going through whatever the area that you may be struggling with with regard to sin let me tell you this he will lead you through it hallelujah see the thing is the church the church has become so focused on righteousness that people find it difficult to express their sin now I'm not saying that we are in a place where we just allow everybody to sin and then it's just an expression no 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 I'm not saying that but we have to have a safe place where people feel free where they can open up their hearts and the things that they're going through that are difficult so that they can be led 
by the Spirit. Amen? And that's what we need in these days. We need a church that isn't condemnatory. We need a church that affirms people, knowing that the broken can be healed, that hearts can be bound up, that people who trip up in life can walk tall and can walk with their heads held high. That's what we need the church to be. It's a place where the broken, the downtrodden can find a resting place. And they can find that we're just the same, making our way through. And so here, there is the rod of leadership. But in that, again, it's not found in the ark. You know, there is therefore no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. Because what the law was powerless to do, God sent his son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin so that he might condemn sin in the flesh. And that we now might become the righteousness of God who walk not after a legal code, but who walk by faith. Hallelujah. And so here, there is the rod that is there. You find that in Numbers 17. And listen, God brings us through. It says it budded and it bore fruit. Let me tell you, Every area in your life that God leads you through and you become fruitful where you were just a dead stick, unfruitful, it's so that you might reproduce your life in someone else's life. So what God has brought you through, you can see that reproduced in someone else's life. How does that happen? Testimony. That's how it happens. I believe that we need to bring testimony back center place in the church. I believe as we come into Rosh Hashanah in two weeks' time, God has given me a message for Rosh Hashanah. And that is the coming into the head of the year, the start of a new year. That is in biblical terms. And that is so that we can be fruitful. And one of the things is testimony. And we're going to see that. We're going to see the testimony coming back in. And what that does is what he's done for me, he can do for you. And then the third thing that was in the ark was the law of the covenant. Now the thing is this. There were three laws that were given. Did you know that? There was the oral law. You find that in Exodus chapter 19 verse 5. It says, come up onto the mountain and I will speak to you. And so when Moses came down, he spoke to the people. Why? Because God wanted them to know his voice. So there was an oral law given 
but they couldn't keep the oral law. They forgot it. Jesus says these words, the sheep know my and a stranger they won't go to. Can you see? God still wants us to know his voice. Some of you are doing the course, hearing the voice of God. It's important. See, that was the first law that God gave. But they couldn't keep it. Why? Because you have to hearken to the voice. It's a relationship. They, they wanted to be separate from God. They said, Moses, you go up and we'll stay here. You be the one who goes up. We don't quite like all this supernatural stuff going on. The fire of God coming down. And listen, there are many in the church today who cancel out the supernatural. But the reason is they're fearful of it and they'd rather somebody else go instead of them entering into the place of the presence of God. And so here there was this that was in the ark. And that is the law. What was the law? A lifestyle. The second time the law was given was when God cut it out from the rock and he wrote upon it and it says and he wrote the covenant or the testimony with the finger of God and so here God writes it but you know what happened to that law before it got to be given to the people Moses saw the people had already cast off restraint and he broke the tablets that had the law of God in it so even before we received it it was broken so don't think that you can ever try and keep the law of God. It was broken before we received it. You know, they had cast off the restraints. They had made idols. They said, we don't know what's happened to Moses. And then God called Moses up onto the tabernacle, onto the mountain again. Do you hear that? God called him up on the mountain again. Why? God never gives up on us. Ever gives up on us. And this time, he says to Moses, Moses, what I want you to do is I want you to cut out the rock. When you cut out the rock, I'll write upon it. And there he wrote the testimony. That is what was put into the ark of the covenant. Now let me finish this morning. In two, uh, two, uh, two, Chronicles, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 3. It says here, You show that you are a letter from Christ, the result of our ministry written, not with ink, but with the Spirit of the living God, not on tables of stone, but on ta tablets of of human hearts. Such confidence as this is ours through Christ before God. Not that we're competent in ourselves to claim anything for ourselves, but our competency comes from God. He has made us competent as new ministers of a new covenant, not of the letter, but of the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. And when they came into the promised land, it was the testimony of the covenant that was the only thing that was present.
Okay, now let me flip it over to a New Testament revelation. You see, God has written his law in our hearts. We don't have a Ten Commandments. We have the law of the Spirit of life that is contained within those, all the law. But it's not, I do this, I do this, I do this. It's being led by the Spirit. And as we are led by the Spirit, let me tell you, God wants us to be co-workers together with him. That's why he says to Moses, Moses, you cut the tablets, I'll do the writing. Listen, you give me your heart and I'll write upon it. And so then, it is not some external, but it's on the tablet of your heart. You see, and when we step into the kingdom, can you see? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Lead us not into temptation. Lead us by the law of the spirit of life. And deliver us from evil. That is, allow the rod of your authority to bring us into freedom. Let me tell you, there is no demon, no sin, no area of control or oppression. Possession of the enemy can keep God from leading you into all that he has for you. Give him praise this morning, can you? And so here, now we have confidence. And do you know what it says? Now we with unveiled faces. Beholding in a glass darkly. Are being changed from one degree of glory to another. And this is from God, not from us. See, you find in that we are being changed. God is unveiling. It's no longer sending Moses up and then him putting a veil upon his face. We now with unveiled faces. We can behold the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Can you see? So here it all comes into our relationship with Jesus. And with that, he does truly become the hidden manner. Not the manner we have to go out for, but the hidden manner where he brings revelation to us. He becomes the rod that leads us and guides us. And he becomes the law of the spirit of life, written now not on tablets of stone, but written upon our hearts. God wants you to step into a fuller expression of that this morning. And so it is, it says there in um, Psalm 29, that in his temple all cry glory. See, the Ark of the Covenant was the place where the Shekinah glory came down. You know, for those who can get so caught up with the Old Testament, Israel the tabernacle or the temple. Let me tell you something that is so sweet this morning, that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. We are the ark of the covenant. 
Now because they're written on our hearts. And so it is that it's amongst us where his glory comes down. See, that is we who with unveiled faces beholding in a glass darkly are being changed from one degree of glory to another. See, the Jesus in me speaking to the Jesus in you. What happens? The glory of God comes down. And so I want us this morning, you know, what's your testimony? Christ in you is the hope of glory. See, what are you called out of Egypt for? What did God bring about an exodus in your life for? What have you been called into? What are you coming out of? What are you entering into? You know, you're all called to contain something. See, what is it that you're containing? Testimony. See, what is your testimony? What is your testimony of the law of the spirit of life? You thought that this was going to bring you life and it brought you death, heartache, pain. And yet God brought the spirit of life into it. And what happens that you received a testimony of God's restorative, redemptive power in your life? When that happens, that we call out to one another the testimony of Jesus. See, what he's done for me, he can do for you. See, during your journeys, all are present. But when you come into the place of rest, when you come into the place where you've entered into a fuller expression of the kingdom. And listen, God is revealing his kingdom. We haven't got there yet, but we come into greater revelations of the kingdom of heaven. And when we enter into that place of the kingdom and we've appropriated in our life, we made it ours in our lives, is what happens is the things that led us through the journey stage are no longer required at this stage. Why? Because Christ is all in all. Amen. Why don't you all stand? I want to pray for you this morning. Go on, you can do better than that. So what's in your box? What's God put in you? What is the testimony that he is wanting to put in you? See, what are you coming through that he's taken you into. Something new. You may be here this morning, and before we open it up for just praying for people this morning, I really feel that there's a prophetic anointing here that as you come forward this morning, I believe that the people ministering to you are going to give you words, uh, words, word, one thing, just a word. And listen for the word that they give you. Then they're going to pray over that word that you receive into your life. Because I believe that's what God is wanting to put there. He's wanting to show you what he's put there. You know, this morning I saw that there was some of you here that God was putting uh, glasses 
not because you're blind, but he was putting glasses in because there was a sense where you were blind to the presence of God and God's testimony in your life is that he's put a prophetic anointing in you to be a seer. And so there were people who just had glasses that were seer's glasses. And there were other things. But I just say that because that's what I felt God was using it as an illustration. There was also jewels that God was putting into people's lives. And there was a jewel I saw him putting in, which was ruby. And the ruby speaks of God's redeeming things. And that's what he's placing into your life, a ruby. Because he's going to redeem everything that you are in at this present moment. So just receive it. See, there's other things that's going to be put into people's lives. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. But before we do that, you may be here this morning and you know you haven't been walking with Christ the way you should have been. And this morning, his rod has spoken to you, the rod of his word, and said, it's time to receive and accept my will rather than your will for your life. And so for you, it's saying, God, I just need to get right with you. I just need to come back to that place and embrace your will for my life. And if you're in that place, in a moment, I'm going to ask you to come forward. You may be here this morning and you say, Trevor, this has been so new to me. I didn't know Jesus was like that. And so for you, it's to receive Jesus Christ. To receive him into your life. To be the bread of life. To be the rod that leads you through. Temptation. He's the law that brings you into a place where you know his forgiveness. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those. So you can't forgive others until you've been forgiven yourself. Lead us not into temptation. See, God wants to lead you by a straight course and deliver us from evil. And so this morning, if you're in one of those places needing to get back right with God or needing to come to Jesus Christ, why don't you make your way down to the front? Ryan, can we sing? Oh, Sharon, can we sing that? Um, song your goodness is running after just find time now just come don't think about anyone else I just feel this morning there's people who just need to get right with God so why don't we just bow our heads in prayer right now Father would you cause your Holy Spirit to stir our hearts this morning where we come back to that place of knowing you
And if you know that you need to be here, why don't you take that time right now? Just come. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else? See, his goodness is running after. Not his stick. He's not chasing you. He's running after you. Anyone else? You know, you need to say, God, I am bringing my will into alignment with your will. Just allow him to touch your heart. Your goodness is 